Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode, and this is episode 310. <laughs> Julius. Welcome. You know, I was listening to that song uh, played through a, a live or an orchestra earlier. I was watching a YouTube video just before oh, nice. we started recording. Yes. I said, I know what Julius is going to do. I want to hear this song. Just to get into the spirit <laughs> of things. Just to get into the spirit of things. I so, see you predicted me. I did. So today today we're doing a popular mechanics episode where we pick a mechanic and, and each bring some games to the table around the mechanic and discuss them. And uh, today's uh, mechanic, well... Julius is very polyominous. <laughs> I am polyominous? Yes. As long as I suppose I'm not polyamorous. That's right. Because you like polyomino games. I do like polyomino <laughs> games. I have a lot of them. I know you do. I went through the list of uh, games that I have, and I couldn't find that many. I said, okay, let me look at all the old episodes we've done. Maybe I'm forgetting some. And I kept seeing, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> one that Julius did. Oh, there's another one that Julius did. Oh, yeah, Julius did that one, too. <laughs> I don't even think so, did you put this on our on our list of options for this or did I? I you probably did because I don't think it would have occurred to me. Okay. It would not have occurred to me. Yes. It, it was a for me it was a much more difficult list to come up with. Yeah. And when we were when I was going through my list, I more had to like narrow it down so that I was trying to get something that was interesting and different about the different types of polyomino games. Because otherwise, I just had, I felt like I had too long of a list to be able to include all of mm-hmm. them. Because some of them are kind of like, the mechanic becomes a little bit repetitive across them. Mm-hmm. Because it's always the same thing. Yeah, lay, lay a little shape on the board. Yeah, yeah find a, I, I could find see a that. spot where it fits. <laughs> I could see that. Well, my mine also went a little... I got a little creative with my list also, but only because I had to, (laughs) (laughs) so I could get three in there. Nice. But maybe we just need to discuss what a polyomino game is first. All right. Well, I did a little research. A polyomino is basically a a shape made of multiple squares that are connected. Um, And, you know, as Julius uh, hinted at the beginning, think of Tetris pieces. And there you go. That's a polyomino. It's all those different shapes you can make by connecting multiple little squares together in different orientations. Now then. I I did a little research, apparently. Not on purpose, but polyominoes have been around for forever, basically. They, they've been known about and like counted and documented. But did you know that the first puzzles date back to about 1907? The first polyomino puzzles. And they've always been popular in puzzles since then. Were they polyominoes back then? Or were they, they tetrominoes? Were... They they were not called polyominoes because the term did not get coined until 1953 by mm. uh, Solomon W. Golomb. Well, that's interesting. Yes, I, I learned all this, and I also learned there's also something called polyimons, which is hard to say, and polycubes. Yes, I know about polycubes. I also know about the regular cubes, but a tetracube. Um, there's a difference between a polyomino and a tetromino. A tetromino is when it's just four squares put together in a shape. Ah, so it's a subset. Yes. Yeah, so it's a subset because Tetris, for example, is mm-hmm. not technically a polyomino game because 
it's all just five squares put together in different ways. So something that's too much like Tetris, if it really just has, if it's mostly restricted just those four, it's a tetromino game and not a polyomino game. And there's a number of ones that are just Tetris. Yeah, but that's still polyomino. It's just a more limited set of polyominoes. It is. But at the very least, it gave me something to count off of my list. Okay. (laughs) That's funny. Um, And one more interesting fact. While doing this research, I heard a, a, I saw a term I'd never seen before, recreational mathematics, which <laughs> sounds odd, but I, I was really excited by this. I'd, I'd never heard of that. And that's just, you know, math for fun, basically, is what it means. And there's magazines for this and everything I'm all around that. not that much of a math person. <laughs> I found one called, um, oh, what was it called already? Eureka from Cambridge University. And they've been pub- it's the longest published recreational mathematical journal. Sure. So it was pretty neat. So it was a fun little rabbit hole I, I delved into. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite that much of a math person. Okay. Well, and that is about how much I get to contribute to this episode. <laughs> well, why don't I let you go first, Stephen? Albert, okay. would you like to present well, for us a classic polyomino game? Let me get one out of the way just in case you say it, because you're likely to use this one, I think. Or maybe not it. Well, maybe. Cartographers. Ah, uh, it's a polyomino game, but it's a little bit different because you're drawing the shapes onto the board. This is a a roll and write sort of game, which uh, we co- you covered back a uh, couple years ago in an episode. And it is, well, you could probably describe it way better than I can because I've only played it once or twice. I don't remember it too well. But you're drawing the different shapes of different types onto yes. the onto your page. So with cartographers, you're given a blank map. And there's a deck of cards that you're going to draw from. And there's different types of features that go on the land, like wheat fields or villages or farms or Mm -hmm. water things. And so there's different sort of things that go on the land. You'll flip over one of the cards and it'll say, hey, you have to draw land in like an L shape or a plus shape or things like that. And your job is to put it somewhere on your map. There's going to be a set of goals that the game is going to have. There's four goals in each round you're going to have to complete or you'll get judged on two of those goals. So you're constantly expanding the map by drawing those shapes. So as opposed to another game where there's actual tetromino pieces that are being mm-hmm. put out, this one, you're actually drawing the tetrominoes. That means that there's a lot less limit. It's a lot easier. You don't have to search through boxes and boxes of things to find the specific tetromino piece that you're looking for when one comes up from the deck. You just draw it in. So as a roll and write game, it makes it a lot easier to do that tetromino where everyone can can make it without having to do something different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is a neat little game, but ultimately I got rid of it because I'm just not really into roll and writes. I don't know why. Um, and I this is this drawing. Is... I would have thought I would have enjoyed it. But... This is only one of two roll and writes I have. And I feel this is the only one that's really going to stay long term in my collection. Um, the other one's frankly here to review it, and then I'll decide if I want to keep it. But this one ah. I'm intending on keeping for a while. It's very good for large groups. If I ever have a bunch of people over and we want to play something easier or and with the whole group, this is a good one to play in a larger mm-hmm. group. It's simpler to pick up. It's simpler to play. It has more expansions if you want to add more complexity. And if I'm looking to chill, if I'm looking to have a game that that is more artsy i will draw maps with some more artistic features using some colored pencils and make them look you know like within my skill level 
like mm-hmm. smaller pieces of art and that's very chill to me that's the sort of thing i can't yeah. really get with another game yep yeah that, that could definitely be fun and, and one thing you pointed out you can't play with, with large groups right because it's in, in theory it's infinitely expandable you could if you have 50 sheets of paper and 50 pencils you could have 50 people playing it which is, yes which is a nice little feature but i don't recommend spending a whole bunch of time doing art if you're playing it anything more than solo <laughs> when you're playing solo you can spend all the time you want with your yep, art which that's is right how i enjoy <laughs> All right, so so what's your game, Julius? Well, I decided I would pick one that is more of a classic polyomino game, and that is Kingdom Rush. With mm-hmm. Kingdom Rush, it is a cooperative-based game where you are one of various adventurers, and there are enemies spawning out of this portal and slowly advancing down the central line, and your job is to fend them off, attack them unto death, and defeat them before they can destroy damage to your castle. The way you attack them is you're going to be deploying towers of certain sorts along different spawn points along the board. And those towers will allow you to attack the tiles that the monsters are on. Each of the monsters comes in a five by five little grid spot where the monsters are. And you have to launch the damage tiles, which are these polyomino tiles, onto the boards where the monsters are. And if you can cover up all the monsters, then you've completely dealt with that horde and we're not going to deal any damage. Fail to cover them up and they'll damage, they'll keep moving along and they'll eventually damage your castle. So those, the different types of towers have different sorts of shapes. So it might be just a small right angle piece or it might make a Z shape or it might allow you to break them up or to rotate the shapes or to be a bunch of just one-by-ones that you put around. And then some of the heroes have special abilities that plug into things that do even more unique types of shapes. And then there's soldiers that are just one-by-ones to sort of fill in gaps. So there's a lot of different options for the different polyominas and the different abilities that can come out with it. Um it's essentially to me, I've, I've called it when we were reviewing it, basically an Isle of Cats cooperative style game because mm. you're trying to fill in these specific grid orientations with the polyominoes. There's the limitation is less that you don't want to waste unnecessary actions filling spaces that you don't need to. You only need to cover the spaces where the monsters are. But on the other hand, sometimes plugging in the exact polyominoes to fit in an exact space can be difficult to be able to do them as little waste of movement as you can. Um, one of the only issues I've had with the game is the amount of setup time it takes mm-hmm. because the way they did it, they have like different types of tiles. Like there's ones, there's twos, and there's threes. Then you have to find the exact right one. And like to me, I kind of wish just been all of the tiles are just square tiles and you line them all up and use that to denote the board I think that would have been easier for me but i didn't do it <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is i yeah. suppose but that's like the only issue i've had with the game other than that you know i've enjoyed it a lot i enjoy the polyominoes i enjoy working together with other people. It's a good co-op game. So I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of that. Yeah, I remember you talking about that game, and then when you when you brought it up, that's when I got the Kingdom Rush for my phone and got sucked into that for about a month. 
<laughs> All right, so my second game is, I'd say, uh, more traditional. It is uh, Spring Meadow by Uwe Rosenberg, and he's made a bunch of polyominal games. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up again on this list. Um, it is, it is, he did three polyominal games in a trilogy, and they're all about laying them on, on the board and trying to fit them, and that is basically the goal of the game. Spring Meadow, uh, Cottage Garden, and uh, Indian Summer. Of the three, this was my favorite and the only one I've kept. The I don't know. I like this one better. I thought it was a middleweight game compared to the other two. One was lighter, one was heavier. But basically, in this game, you're trying to fill up your Spring Meadow with polyominal tiles. Um, as, you go in, as you go along, you're filling up rows to complete in a row, get you points. So you're trying to complete as many rows as you can. And there's other ways to get points and do things as you lay the tiles. The The tiles have little holes on them. And if you line up the holes together in, in groups, you could get a bonus tiles to lay on the board to fill in some of the small hard-to-do gaps. Or or if you cover little burrows that are printed on your board, they'll get you more points at the end of the game. So, so it's fun. You're laying all the tiles, trying to make them fit, but you're also trying to arrange them in a strategic way. Uh, the other part of the game that is interesting, at least the way it works in the solo game, and I don't, I don't, I haven't played it multiplayer. The <laughs> you lay out all the tiles first on a board that's, I believe, five by five. Maybe it's yes. four by four, but I think it's five by five. It's and five by five. Is okay. And you start on the top corner. You you place a mark on the top corner, and then you could take any tile from that column and you remove it. And place it on your board. Then you move the mark over to the next row. And you pick a tile from that column. And keep going all the way across. Then down the right side. Then along the bottom and then up. So eventually you go around the whole board. Taking tiles from all the spaces. Eventually you could collect all the tiles. Exactly and fill up the board. The And it's interesting. And it gets tricky because you know which tiles you want. But you realize that if you take a certain tile now that affects what you can have available in the future rounds because you're taking them up on the same space. So it becomes a very puzzly, very, you know, interesting thinking about game and taking your time while you're playing it, which I think is true with most polyominals. They tend to be very thinky and puzzly because you're trying to work out how these shapes go. I would say when you have a bunch of puzzle pieces, it would definitely suggest it's going to be a puzzly <laughs> game. But yeah. And again, they've been puzzle pieces since 19, what did I say? Oh, seven. So Yeah. <laughs> We've been thinking about this way for over 100 years. So that that is a that is a really fun game. I do enjoy it. It's, I find that game very relaxing to play. Uh, nice. There's enough tiles in it so that if you want to play a campaign game, you play you there's 75 in the box. So you play with a third of them, then you play a second game with another third, and then what's left, you do your third game. And then you nice. look at your score across the three games, yeah. So that's a neat game. I like that one a lot. So my next one that I tried to pick, I actually think Albert has played this one, but I'm not certain. But I wanted to pick something that I thought was much more unique. Most of the time with polyomino games, there's a polyomino and you're laying it on the board. And you're trying to cover spaces or surround spaces or get to a space, something along those lines. There's Project L, Isle of Cats, Kingdom Rush, like the one I just mm-hmm. picked, uh, Spring Meadow. There's a lot that you have a polyomino and you're putting on a space and something else happens from that. This one is not a matter that you're trying to put stuff on a board or fill up stuff. Instead, in this one, you're trying to, the the polyominoes, you're just trying to build into a pyramid. I'm referring to number nine. That's N-M-B-R and then the number nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this game. Yeah. 
There you go. That's a fun game, too. So in number nine, everyone, there's a set of cards where you'll shuffle them up and then you'll deal them out to determine which number it is that you have to put down next. And your goal is to make a solid base with the numbers, which are all these strange polyominoes that are shaped like the different numbers. And your goal is to continue to build them up higher and higher so that you can have more points. So for example, on the base level, it's worth zeros. The the first level, the ground floor is called zero. The first floor is built right on top of that. So on ground floor, it's not worth anything, but if you can manage to get like a nine on the fourth floor, that's nine times four points. So it's 36 points. That's a fair, that's a good amount of points that you're getting. But being mm-hmm. able to arrange to be able to do that can sometimes be very hard, especially because, you know, the nine is going to be one of the chunkier pieces. It's got a big, thick piece and stuff coming out. And you got to make sure that all of them are held up to cover where it is that it's going. So it's, it can be, it can be difficult to manage to make a solid enough base that you can keep building up and up and get the highest number of points. So there's not a board. The board is instead made out of the pieces that you're making and you build the board into a pyramid along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. I, Albert, did you like this one more than I did? I can't can't remember what your thoughts were. I don't remember, but I definitely liked it. It's it's interesting. It, it's fun. I like it. Like you said, the board is you just start placing pieces on the table, and you can place any piece on the table, but they're worthless, other than being the foundation for the for the next levels. And it gets tricky because you need to fill in that foundation and make it large, and, and very solid, so you can place other pieces on top of it. Because those pieces have, like you said, they they, they can't be over open air. They have to rest. Every piece of the the new number has to rest on top of a piece of another number already, directly on top, no gaps. So so it gets very tricky. You want to get as high as you can, but you you can't get too high. And and like cartographers, everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. And if it's solo, it's just one guy or one person. The um. So, so you don't know what's going to come up. It's it's all randomized at the beginning. You know, you you're hoping you get the really good foundation numbers at the early on. But if it doesn't work out that way, you're just, you know, doing what you can. Yeah, I like that game. I don't know why I got rid of it, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, I actually never owned the game myself. I know I've borrowed it. I know I've played it a number of times. I never owned it for myself. I think that maybe for me, just the three-dimensionality of it was maybe harder for me to keep my mind around than keeping everything flat and level and building Mm -hmm. out a flat space. I'm I'm having difficulty remembering why I never ordered a copy of it. It may just be as simple (laughs) as I didn't hear about it until after Albert had reviewed it. So sometimes Mm -hmm. that dissuades me from getting a game if I know I can't review it. Right. Yeah, that's always a problem. Once Julius talked about a game, well, why bother getting it? It may be a great game, but yeah. It happens. So So, yeah, that's a good choice. I do like that one. That is very different. And and you are playing with those pieces in your hand and whatnot. And and they're very unusual polyominals because they're, they're... their number shape specifically. Yeah, I like that game. Good call. Thank you, Albert. So what's your second? Um, I gave you my second, so I'm already up to my third. Oh, up to your this third. Is, Excuse me, what's your third? Yeah, this is one where Julius is going to shake his head 
No, 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 Albert. That's that's not really a polyominal game. And yeah, I know. <laughs> it is Rove, results-oriented, versatile explorer. The little we've talked about this game. It's a little button shy game, which you have a rover exploring Mars or some alien planet, and you're arranging the tiles on the on the table. There's six tiles, and you're arranging them into shapes that match mm-hmm. a, a specific card. And not all the shapes are polyominoes, but many of them are. Okay. <laughs> what? Many of them are? Many of them are polyominoes because what makes them polyominoes is they have to be connected. Some cases, like, you got four shapes here together and one off di- diagonally from another piece. So that's not really a polyomino in that case. But but many of the shapes that you have to build are polyominal shapes in that, you know, it's four, three in a row and a couple off to the side from it or something like a letter L. So you're not you're not playing with the shapes here. You're trying to build them from the from the pieces of the polyomino in a way. He's not shaking his head, but man, he's. <laughs> I I Albert, the fact that so many of them are not polyominoes. Yeah, I I didn't count them, but many are. So, and I suppose many are that put <laughs> there's. It is a game with a lot of polyominoes. You are. You are correct. It is a game with a lot of polyominoes in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, of the like, I know we've covered a lot of games, but there aren't that many that I have played that have polyominoes. And I tried inc- thinking maybe I could include Newsford or Fields of Arl by Rosenberg because they have shapes that are different, but they aren't. Even I wouldn't call those polyominoes. <laughs> They're like lines of different lengths, is what they are. <laughs> So, so yeah, I struggled. I struggled finding another one. So you couldn't find any other polyomino games. Not that I, not that I could. Don't you own Feast for Odin? Nope. I've played that one digitally. I didn't enjoy it too much. Honestly. Do you own Patchwork? Nope. Nope. You don't own either of those. I thought for sure you were going to have those in there. Mm -mm. Hmm. Maybe we could say Agricola because you build farm areas, (laughs) small polyominoes, but yeah, it's. I don't know if I'd I'd go with that one or Rove first, and I, I picked Rove. <laughs> well, I'm sneakily managing to mention a bunch that I considered a little bit too plain uh, to want to include as my third. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to sneak those in there. Nice. <laughs> my actual third, though, is Clip Cut Parks. I bet Albert has not heard of this one. I don't think so. I, I don't recognize the name at all. So Clip Cut Parks... Uh, is another very interesting polyomino game. The There are a number of cards that are going to be coming out, and each card is your challenge that you have to make. And so it's going to have a polyomino shape on it, and your goal is to fill the polyomino shape with the correct color and stuff. So there's going to be park squares, that you have to fill up. So like there's a red park square and you'll want to mm-hmm. manage to take the red park square and put it on a red square shape in the, on the park card. What is really unique about the game, as I mentioned, it's clip cut parks. Every player has a sheet of paper and the sheet of paper has a grid of parks on them. And so there's going to be all sorts of different. There's some red ones, some yellow ones, some blue ones, some green ones on there. And so there's a grid. And on everyone's turn, you'll roll a die. And so the die will say you can cut a one, a one, a one, and a one. So you then will take some scissors 
and you'll make four cuts on your piece of paper, each one of them one square long. And if you detach from your page a, any amount of squares in whatever shape, so maybe you detach in an L shape or a Z shape or a U shape, whatever shape it is that you manage to detach, if you detach it from your main page, you then must immediately go put it on one of the cards huh. to fill up a spot. So you're literally cutting out and forming polyominoes out of your imagination, out of thin air. Oh, this is not one where you draw them from cards or Rove gives you a polyomino shape to move things around. Nothing is preventing what polyominoes your mind can create other than your mind and I suppose the die when it behaves. <laughs> this is one that has been on my list to review, has not yet gotten an out review, so we'll have to come back to it another time for a more full in-depth review. But you are literally cutting out polyominoes to fill these mini polyomino goals and create a cut out park clipped out from the page. Now in this game, when you cut out your park pieces, you they and you place them on your on your park, they they cannot overlap either, right? So Correct. They cannot overlap. Interesting. And they can't go off of the squares. So if there's nowhere for you to put them, you are required to crumple them into a ball and throw them into the <laughs> trash. And you oh, lose a point every time you have to crumple a clip. Oh, okay. And and each round, you're not necessarily cutting something off the paper. It may take you a couple rounds to get something if you're making a bigger shape. Yeah, it depends on what shape. But you'll usually be working on a couple of things at once, especially on the more difficult. If you're playing solo, you're probably working on more difficult levels where there's challenge cards out, which are bigger parks with different requirements, because some of them, like, they have to be connected. Like, theoretically, you can just make a bunch of squares. So some mm -hmm. of the cards say, no, the squares have to be connected from here to here. And you can't just make a bunch of squares. So you have to have some form of polyamidocism. So sometimes it's you, know, you have the a specific color or a specific icon that has to be there. The, there's some icons that have special powers and things on them. So there's all sorts of different challenges that you'll have to meet in order to be able to complete a specific card. Okay. Well, that is interesting. That And I had not heard of that game. I'm pretty sure. I think I might have seen it once on, on the consignment shelf at the game store, but I don't. I, sh I shouldn't re register it. <laughs> well, if you see it back there, know that I'm going to be doing a, re a review of it at one point. Okay, and pick it up then, if you haven't if you haven't already. <laughs> cool. Do you want to just name off some of the other games on your list then? I think I've sneakily managed. I think I've sneakily managed to mention just about all of them. I had a little list coming up. Um, I didn't mention Ada Lovelace, consulting mathematician. I was expecting that one on there too. Yeah, but I had already done that for for Roll and Write. Um, and again, I still mentioned it as one of my favorite Roll and Write games, but Ada Lovelace was on there. Um, I had a mention of Blockos, which I was curious if you were going to be grabbing. Uh, let's see here. Which of these are hmm. not mentioned? That doesn't have solo, though, does it? Unless you're just playing it. Blockos? Yeah, well, you yeah. can just play. And I have played V myself before yeah, okay. block us when i'm a, like a couple times i've been around a person's house and they block us like you know i could just sit here and do that um <laughs> city's skyline is okay. another one that uh you didn't that that was on my list um cottage garden was on my list 
Um, Dinosaur Island was on my list. The Roll and Write mm-hmm. Dinosaur Island. There's there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of these you've played. That yeah, um, I I, I like those. Do think they're fun. That it is a mechanic I enjoy. Um, I don't know. Oh, Jetpack Joyride is another one that that my son has gotten into as well, and it's in the Polyomno game. It's a mechanic I enjoy. I like them. I have a fair number of them, and I feel like they do a lot of different things. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I I just remember there is one other game I had that would count. It's called Polyominoes. <laughs> is I it really? It at some point. Yeah, it's a game. It's a long board, and it brings and you can find the different versions of everything. Bring big chunky blocks like 3d tetris pieces i mean they still lay flat they're not like 3d with pieces up and to the side but it reminds me of like the deck building the deck building game oh (laughs) yeah that's right no so this is the first polyomino game i wonder if they named it for the game i don't the the game for or what anyway the you're just uh filling them all in the grid and it was all basically puzzles if you're doing it so let's say okay make the grid 12 rows long and use these pieces to to fill it in but that that is one that I, I had gotten at the thrift store at some point. Had for a little while. Had fun with it. <laughs> so there, I had another one after all. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, I squeezed that one in. Nice. I think we've managed to set our polyominoes in the line, disappear yep. in a high score, and with that, we shall DDD our way on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, next time, we'll talk again. Have a good night, everyone. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.